ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Here is your host, Mike Dendero. Are you ready? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. On this special Saturday afternoon, we have a super stacked show for you. This is episode 315, and we're going back in time. We're hopping into DeLorean and talking all about WWE Survivor Series 2003. But before we do, make sure you follow on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow on X at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the Super Stack Show right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for allowing me into your Saturday routine like you do every Monday, Wednesday, Friday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. We have a special Saturday episode here. This episode was supposed to drop yesterday, but there was a couple technical difficulties, but we're going to be dropping it today. It is WWE Survivor Series 2003. November is notorious for WWE Survivor Series pay-per-views. Even though today is Clash of the Champions, you know the big pay-per-view for the WWE in November is Survivor Series. So, being that I already talked about my favorite Survivor Series, which was Survivor Series 2002, live from Madison Square Garden, where we had the very first ever Elimination Chamber, I wanted to talk about Survivor Series 2003, which was an absolute stellar show. We're going to be talking all about that and a lot more. But first, I want to give a big shout out to all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers from all over the world. Thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. And if you're a fan of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, maybe you'll be a fan of my other two podcasts, which comes out every Monday. One, you have Raw Dogging with De Niro, where I will do a live watch-along of Monday Night Raw for the final 30 minutes, the main event, and it will be recorded for the Raw Dogging with De Niro show. So make sure you check out Raw Dogging with De Niro. And then, starting this Thursday, we have Total Nonstop DeLorean, where I go back and indulge in the history of TNA Wrestling. We have a very stacked show for the very first episode this Coming Thursday, November 9th, it will be TNA's primetime special on November 16th, 2006, which featured the very first in-ring matchup for Kurt Angle in TNA. And then after that, we'll also be talking about the 2006 TNA Genesis pay-per-view headlined by the dream match, Samoa Joe versus Kurt Angle for the first time ever. So make sure you check out Raw Doggy with De Niro this upcoming Monday and check out the debut of Total Nonstop DeLorean this upcoming Thursday. With all that being said, let's get to WWE Survivor Series 2003, y'all. This show took place at the American Airlines Arena in Dallas, Texas, home of the Dallas Mavericks. And I got to say, this show does not get talked about enough. A lot of people talk about Survivor Series 2002 in Madison Square Garden. But I don't ever really hear people talking about Survivor Series 2003. This was a very, very good show. A stacked show with lots lots of gimmick matches, but every match delivered. On this show, you not only had your traditional Survivor Series matches... Uh, tag team, five-on-fives. But even those matches had storyline and also stipulations and repercussions to them. You also had a buried-alive matchup. You had an ambulance matchup. 
and it was culminated with the World Heavyweight Championship matchup. So this was a very, very stacked show. On this show, we've seen the breakout star-making performance of a couple future Hall of Famers. We're going to talk about all that right now, so let's get right into it. Survivor Series 2003, the first matchup on the show was the traditional Survivor Series matchup. It is the team of Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, Bob Holly, Bradshaw, and a newly babyface turned John Cena versus the largest team in Survivor Series history. It is the team of Brock Lesnar, Big Show, Matt Morgan, Nathan Jones, and A-Train. Talk about a David versus Goliath situation. First, we have John Cena come out. John Cena starts off the show with a diss rap against all the Giants on the opposing team. Then we have Hardcore Holly come out, and it is... The story is, Hardcore Holly is making his in-ring return, his first match back since breaking his neck in a matchup against Brock Lesnar, where Brock Lesnar dropped him on his head, hitting a triple powerbomb. Hardcore Holly wants nothing but revenge. After everybody makes their entrances, Hardcore Holly goes straight for Brock Lesnar and attacks him before the matchup even starts, taking him to the outside, tossing him into the steel steps, beating Brock Lesnar down. But when the referee tries to get control of the matchup, Hardcore Holly pushes the referee down, which disqualifies Hardcore Holly. So right off the bat, Hardcore Holly is out, and Team Angle is in a disadvantage, four on five. Then, as the matchup starts, Bradshaw starts out in the ring. He quickly eliminates A-Train with a clothesline from hell out of nowhere within 10 seconds. One, two, three, and just like that, we were all tied up, four on four. The Big Show then comes in and quickly eliminates Bradshaw with a choke slam, And all in the first minute, we already have three eliminations. This was a bit overkill, if you ask me. I feel like it was... What was the point of having all these guys in the matchup if you're just going to job them out? One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. And then have three eliminations in the first minute. Anyway, the show starts... The matchup starts to really get its own pacing here where Kurt Angle comes in and he's on absolute fire. Kurt Angle's taking everybody out. Kurt Angle's a wrestling machine at this point. But even though he eliminates both Matt Morgan and Nathan Jones with the ankle lock, Brock Lesnar comes out and derails Kurt Angle when he takes him out with the F5, 1-2-3, the leader of the opposing team. Eliminated. It is now down to the Big Show and Brock Lesnar versus John Cena and Chris Benoit. Benoit does something that no one expected him to do. Benoit eliminates Brock Lesnar by making Brock Lesnar tap out to the Crippler crossface. This was a huge moment. This was a huge moment because Chris Benoit, who was not talked about for a future title shot, tapped out the world champion, who, by the way, at this point, never tapped out before. And he is the captain of the team. It's not even like he was the sole survivor. Chris Benoit taps out. Brock Lesnar. Big moment. Afterwards, the referee's trying to get Brock Lesnar out the matchup when John Cena takes his chain and wraps it around his fist, nails the Big Show with it, and then does a 500-pound FU, a.k.a. attitude adjustment for the first time on the Big Show for the win. One, two, three. This was a huge moment for John Cena. This was probably the biggest moment of John Cena's early career at this point. He hit a FU on the Big Show 
And he just turned babyface, by the way, like I said. So the crowd still doesn't know how to really take him. They think that he's still a heel. They think that he might turn his back on Chris Benoit. He might turn his back on Team Angle. But that is not the case. John Cena wrestles with his team, and then he's the sole survivor and wins the matchup for his team in dramatic fashion. Afterwards, we see Chris Benoit and John Cena show respect to each other. And I got to say, this is what catapults John Cena to the next level. Because the next thing we see, we see John Cena beating the big show at WrestleMania 20 for the United States champion. Then we see John Cena go on into the main event of WrestleMania 21 just a year later. So I feel like this was the launching pad for what made John Cena who he is today. But someone else I wanted to talk about in this matchup was Nathan Jones. Nathan Jones is a guy who had so much potential in the WWE. He was a guy who was extremely intimidating to look at. Nathan Jones had the if factor, if you ask me. He looked scary as fuck. He looked like a madman. He looked like a monster. I think the only thing that Nathan Jones was missing was actual in-ring ability. The sky was the limit for Nathan Jones, and it was a shame that we didn't see too much come out of Nathan Jones because within, I think, a couple months from this matchup, Nathan Jones was no longer with the WWE. But it is an actual, it's an absolute shame that Nathan Jones didn't go on to be something big because he had the it factor. I mean, he had the size. He had the character. He had the intimidation factor. He just did not have the in-ring ability, unfortunately. Nathan Jones goes on and he does a couple uh, action movies. I think I seen him in some action movie, like some C-Line movie. He was also in The Condemned with Stone Cold Steve Austin. So he goes on to be an actor, but I, I think that the sky was the limit for Nathan Jones in the WWE. But back to the show here. We see Vince McMahon going to Shane McMahon's locker room and talks about the significance of father and son going against the Brothers of Destruction in their individual matches tonight. Shane McMahon totally dismisses Vince McMahon. This McMahon is talking about how he feels protected by a higher power tonight, so he will be untouchable against The Undertaker. Shane McMahon just brushes him off like he's crazy. This McMahon, with his hands crossed, looking into the air, smiling, walks out and runs into the Texas Rattlesnake Stone Cold Steve Austin, who has a huge, huge night ahead of him because it is a five-on-five traditional Survivor Series matchup tonight where Stone Cold Steve Austin comprised the team of five guys. So he will go against Team Bischoff. And if Stone Cold Steve Austin's team loses, Steve Austin is gone from the WWE. We'll be talking all about that and a lot more when we come back from this commercial break. So stay tuned because there is a lot more to talk about, y'all. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go back to the ring now. We have a WWE Women's Championship matchup. It is Lita versus Molly Holly. This is Lita's first matchup since her neck injury. Um, nothing too spectacular here. We do de- we do see signs of ring rust on uh, Lita. She was out for a year. Um, in the end, Molly Holly wins the matchup. She retains her WWE Women's Championship. Next, we get one of the marquee matches of the night. It is an ambulance matchup between Shane and Kane. Over the span of the last few months, Kane and Shane McMahon were on an absolute collision course against each other where they were trying to one-up each other and pretty much murder each other. I mean, we had Kane who hit a tombstone pile driver on Shane's mother, Linda McMahon, and this pissed Shane off, which it would do obviously for anybody, and Shane McMahon 
basically tried to set Kane on fire. There was there was moments where Shane McMahon tossed Kane into a burning dumpster. Kane electrocuted Shane McMahon's balls. Like, there was so much crazy drama. I remember one episode where Shane McMahon put Kane in the back of a limo and then backed the limo up into a truck. Like, this was ruthless aggression, attitude error at his best, where these guys were not trying to win a match. These guys were not, you know, focused on who's the champion or who's the best wrestler in the world. They were focused on, I want to murder you. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. I'm going to set you on fire. I'm going to run you over with a truck. I'm going to electrocute your balls. <laughs> this was such a fun feud, though, and I remember this fondly with every week having to tune in to see what Kane and Shane McMahon were going to do to each other. It was pretty awesome. This ambulance matchup was very fun as well. Shane McMahon jump starts the matchup. He hits a diving elbow onto Kane from the top rope through the announcer's table within like the first five minutes of the matchup. Absolutely insane. Both men, they fight into the crowd. They fight all over the arena. Unfortunately, there were some technical difficulties where every time the camera tried to catch up with Shane McMahon and Kane going into the backstage area, I guess the wire got cut because the feed would absolutely just be lost and then we would have to go to another cameraman. But nonetheless, we had a lot of crazy action, especially backstage. Shane McMahon makes Kane chase him through the back all the way to the parking lot. He then traps him because Shane is then ends up behind Kane and nails Kane with a kendo stick. He then jumps into a car and tries to back up into Kane, which he does, and Kane falls into a glass window, totally incapacitating Kane. Then Kane is like Michael Myers and just sits back up like he didn't just get ran over by a fucking car. Then he takes the fight back to Shane McMahon, all the way back into the arena. Shane then makes a fuck a couple of reversals. He hits a coast to coast from the top of the ambulance onto Kane through the freaking guardrail. So much crazy action. You got to see it to believe it. After about five to, you know, ten minutes of highly entertained action here, Kane wins with a tombstone pile driver onto Shane McMahon, onto the concrete, then throwing him into the ambulance. Kane is your winner. This matchup was absolutely fun. I, I had so much fun watching this crazy-ass matchup between Shane McMahon and Kane. I strongly recommend everybody going back and checking this matchup out. We then go backstage and we see Brock Lesnar being interviewed and interrupted by Goldberg. This is planting the seeds because in a couple months time at WrestleMania 20, we will have Brock Lesnar versus Bill Goldberg. Anyway, then Jonathan Coachman comes out with a neck brace after being 3D'd by the Dudley Boys on Raw. He says that he is here to say he will be A-OK. My recovery will be going well, and within a couple weeks, the fans will see me come out of this neck brace. Fans don't care. They they don't care about Jonathan Coachman. Jonathan Coachman goes to leave, but then he sees Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, and now the the, the star of Shark Tank, which I absolutely love. Um, Anyway, he goes to interview Mark Cuban, and he asks Mark Cuban, he says, who is he looking forward to seeing tonight? And Mark Cuban says, I'm looking forward to seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin kick Eric Bischoff's ass. This leads to Eric Bischoff coming out, and he calls Mark Cuban to jump over the guardrail, let security let him come into the ring, and say that to his face. Mark Cuban, who is one of the owners of the building, says, I don't need security to let me into this ring. 
Eric Bischoff says that you must have it mistaken. Tonight, I pay the rent on this building, so you're the outsider. Eric Bischoff then pushes Mark Cuban, which leads to Mark Cuban shoving Eric Bischoff so hard that he just lands on his ass. And then as soon as he turns around, he turns around and gets hit with an RKO out of nowhere. A young Randy Orton is here to make the save for Eric Bischoff and RKO'd Mark Cuban. This is not the last we will see of the legend killer or Eric Bischoff tonight because Eric Bischoff has made Randy Orton the captain of Team Bischoff tonight. We then go backstage and we see Evolution partying up with a bunch of girls and Randy Orton gets to the back and he says that tonight he will kill the legend of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Triple H then says that tonight he will take back the World Heavyweight Champion from Bill Goldberg. We then get a SmackDown tag team matchup between the Basham Brothers and Shaniqua versus Los Guerreros, Eddie Guerrero, and Chavo Guerrero. This one I wasn't too really interested in. I'm not the biggest fan of the Basham Brothers. In the end, I was very surprised when Doug and Danny Basham beat Eddie Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero. Anyway, we could skip right over that. Anyway, it is now time for Team Stone Cold versus Team Bischoff. If Stone Cold Steve Austin's team loses, he is gone from the WWE. It is Team Bischoff comprised of Chris Jericho, Mark Henry, Christian Cage, Scott Steiner, and Randy Orton versus Team Austin, the Dudley Boys, Booker T, Rob Van Dam, and Shawn Michaels. This whole match breaks down early on. Massive brawl. Uh, early on, Booker T eliminates Scott Steiner, which was, you know, a look back at their WCW feud, which I liked. Mark Henry eliminates Booker T. In the end, it was a bloody, bloody Shawn Michaels going against Randy Orton. Shawn Michaels, who was very close to beating Randy Orton, is taken out by the animal Batista, and which leads to Randy Orton hitting the RKO on Shawn Michaels. One, two, three. Shawn Michaels loses, which means Stone Cold Steve Austin is gone. In the WWE. Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out. He, he, he says that. He started his career here in Dallas, Texas. And it's only right that he ends his career here in Dallas, Texas. Thank you so much to the WWE fans. Thank you so much for the memories. He then puts two beers in the middle of the ring. And walks off into the sunset. Is the last of Stone Cold Steve Austin? course not he comes back in like three months but this was a very very surreal moment for stone cold steve austin everybody thought stone cold steve austin's team would be winning this matchup but it's not the case stone cold steve austin is gone from the wwe and how do we follow up that matchup we follow up that matchup with a buried alive matchup Vince McMahon, CEO and owner of the WWE, the chairman, going one-on-one with the dead man, the American badass, Big Evil, The Undertaker. We'll be talking about all that and more when we come back from this commercial break. It is now time to talk about the co-main event. It is now time to talk about one of the marquee matches on this show, The Undertaker versus Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon, who has been making The Undertaker's life a living hell, who says that Undertaker will never get another title shot as long as Vince McMahon is alive. So what does The Undertaker say? 
<laughs> what would anybody say in this era in WWE? This crazy, wild, wild west era in WWE? Undertaker says, well then, if I can't get another title shot as long as you're living, as long as you're breathing, maybe it's time for you to stop breathing. Undertaker challenges Vince McMahon to a buried alive matchup. Vince McMahon comes out. He is showing no fear. He's he's being guided by a higher power. He comes out with his hands crossed. He comes out looking up into the sky, talking to himself, looking like a deranged madman because he feels tonight this higher power was going to protect him against the Undertaker. Undertaker comes out, the dead man, the man who made his debut at Survivor Series, this very show at Survivor Series 1990, 13 years before, comes out. And the first thing he does is nail Vince McMahon with one of the hardest punches, instantly busting Vince McMahon open, who is bleeding profusely. Vince McMahon looks like a faucet, pouring blood, not dripping, not oozing, pouring blood like a faucet all over the arena, all over the ring, all over the ringside area, all over the commentary table, all over the steel steps. Vince McMahon's blood is staining the Allstate arena. Undertaker goes on an absolute tear, destroying Vince McMahon, decimating Vince McMahon with heavy shots in the corner, heavy kicks, heavy blows. He then nails Vince McMahon on the ringside mat with a shovel. This man doesn't get any offense in at all. Undertaker then does snake eyes onto Vince McMahon, onto the announce table, bleeding all over the announce table. Undertaker then takes Vince McMahon's ankle and puts it on the steel steps and nails his ankle with the other steel steps, breaking Vince McMahon's ankle in the process. After about five to six minutes of just an absolute one-sided beatdown, Undertaker puts Vince McMahon on his shoulders and he, w- he takes him to the gravesite. Vince McMahon, who is practically dead at this point, in a last-ditch effort, grabs a handful of dirt at the gravesite and throws it into the Undertaker's eyes. While the Undertaker is blinded by the dirt, Vince McMahon then hits a low blow on Undertaker and nails him with the shovel, Undertaker falling six feet deep into the grave. Undertaker then sits up like classic Undertaker would, and he chokeslams Vince McMahon into the grave with him. He crawls out the grave. He goes to the loader truck, which is filled with dirt. He presumably is about to bury Vince McMahon alive. He pulls the door open, and there is an explosion. Undertaker falls off of the loader. He is very badly hurt. His arm is bleeding. He's walking off, and it is shown, coming out of the loader truck, Kane. The man who destroyed Shane McMahon earlier in the match. The man who is presumably the higher power for Vince McMahon to protect him against his very own brother, The Undertaker. Kane then throws The Undertaker into the grave. He pulls Vince McMahon out. Vince McMahon goes to the loader truck, and just like that, with the help of Kane, Vince McMahon, who is a bloody mess and barely got any offense in, buries The Undertaker alive. This is one of my favorite stories in wrestling history because I love the fact that Undertaker 
who was the dead man, becomes himself and he's the, he's the American badass for a little bit, but it is his demonic brother Kane who buries him alive and leads to the dead man returning at WrestleMania 20, which we'll be talking about very, very soon here on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. But this was an absolute fun, 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 I wouldn't even call this a match, a fun segment to watch. But we're not done. It is time for the main event. WWE World Heavyweight Championship matchup. The champion Goldberg defending his WWE World Heavyweight Champion against Triple H. Triple H is rocking his weird biker shorts, which I, I never like. Very weird look for Triple H. Uh, this matchup was slow. It was methodical, just like you would expect from a Goldberg-Triple H matchup. In the end, though, Evolution interferes, but Goldberg takes them all out with a sledgehammer. Then he spears Triple H, hits the jackhammer. One, two, three. We go off the air with Bill Goldberg, still your WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Overall, this matchup was not the best, but this show was phenomenal. There's a lot of words I would use for big shows like this. I, I would say it was amazing. It was, it was you know, spectacular. It was tremendous. It was phenomenal. The word that comes to mind when I think about this show after rewatching it is just fun. It's just fun. Suspend your disbelief. Forget that this is, you know, oh, it's fake, it's fake. Like, you have a guy trying to murder his brother. You have a guy trying to murder the, the, the son of the company. You have to just suspend your disbelief and just have fun with it. This show was fun. And I strongly recommend anybody to go and watch this show again. This was a very fun show and worth the watch. I'm going to give this a 4 out of 5 because there was not one matchup where I was not entertained. I was very entertained throughout the three hours of this show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining today on this special Saturday episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'll be back this Monday with a new episode of Raw Doggin' with De Niro. You can check out Raw Doggin' with De Niro live on the Circle Debate and then check out the Raw Post Show, which includes the Watch Along on Raw Doggin' with De Niro on all audio platforms. So make sure you subscribe to Raw Doggin' with De Niro. We have a big week next week because Monday we got Raw Doggin'. On Wednesday, we have the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. On Thursday, we have the debut of Total Nonstop DeLorean. And then on Friday, we have the Passengers Pick making its return here to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I love you all. Stay safe. Stay strong. Stay positive. One love. Peace out, y'all.